All right, turn in your techie devices, your Bibles, whatever, your iPads, your tablets. We're going to read First Chronicles chapter 4. In the book of Chronicles, in the first couple of chapters, it's just nothing but monotonous, just name after name after name. And I'll tell you, every time I've attacked this portion of Scripture, I have this fast-forward button that goes from, from the, the first chapter of the first verse all the way to like chapter 10. Can we get to the cool stuff? Because I don't care about a Hagiel begetting somebody. I, you know, that's my, that's my mindset, typically. Uh, unfortunately, if you go too fast, you blow through a few things that God wants to draw your attention to. Uh, there was a book years ago written in 2001 called The Prayer of Jabez. It's not just a book. It's actually in Scripture. The author, Bruce Wilkinson, captured from that little prayer was not a formula. It was a lifestyle that he illustrates through the life of Jabez. So I'm going to read that, 1 Chronicles 4, verse 9. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Thank you for coming today at Life Church. It's been a blessing to preach that message to you today. And everybody said, Amen. I wished it were that simple. I, I say this prayer over you, and it just comes to pass. Here's the problem 20 million people bought that book. I'm guessing that 20, 20 million people did not enlarge their borders. The question is why? The question is why? It's not a chant, it's not a formula, it's not name it, claim it. It is the Word of God. And here's what I want you to understand about this. The first part of this, the whole part of it, is about a man and his name. Jabez was born out of, his mother said, your name means sorrow. I can imagine, prior to uh, the hospitals and the, uh, the, the, what I call the, uh, the epidural cocktails, what did they make, you know, for, what is it, the nubidural cocktail or whatever they call that? And, you know, hit me, hit me some more. Well, they, they, they were, this was a painful birth. And so Jabez is marked by this, this painful birth. And, and here's what I want you to understand. So Jabez, his whole life, he gets labeled a guy that brings pain. In the Hebrew culture, your name meant something. How you were labeled, how, so let me give you an example. When I was growing up, I want to be completely transparent with you, but I, when I was growing up as a little kid, uh, my name, there was a commercial that came out called Kibbles and Bits. It was a dog food commercial. And everywhere I went in high school, even prior to that, even Kibbles and Bits, Kibbles and Bits, more bits. <laughs> kibbles and Bits, Kibbles and Bits, more bits. To the point where I'm like, yeah, yeah, shut up, I've heard it before. You know, I mean, you're just, you're just, it just like grates at you. You're just like, Okay, I have a little bit of that today, too. Don't, don't say kibbles and bits to me now, because then you're going to get me all stewed up. But my point is, is that it was, the fe- it was the feeling that I had. Has anybody ever been called a name before? I mean, it's just, here's another one. In, in high school, I mean, in high school, uh, I played baseball. And this guy that I was, I was a first baseman, and uh, I, was, it was, I think I was a junior, and I was starting, and this other first baseman hated my guts, just hated me, hated me, hated me. And we rotated a lot because 
I had strengths and he had strengths, and the coach, depending on the matchup, would place me if I was a lefty, okay? So depending on who the pitcher was, he felt, okay, I could, I could bring more to the table. But I was, of course, a better defenseman. Of course. But one of the things that when I would strike out, uh, <laughs> this other fellow would say, way to go, shibby K. Well, K in baseball means strike out, you know, shibby K. He would call me that, and it just grated at me. It grated at me. So I vowed. I'm like, I'm going to show him. And I showed him so well, I struck out three times the next time. What was I doing? I was thinking more about what his name calling was than focusing on the pitcher. Boom, revelation. It was like, wow, I'm focusing on what someone else is calling me. I'm not focusing on the task at hand. Let me translate that. You need to focus on what God is calling about you, what his name is about you, not what somebody else says to define you. So what do I want you to do today? The name of the message is enlarging your territory. Enlarging your territory. Let's go back to that first verse again. First verse. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Think about this. His very name was not an honorable name. His very name would have, would have, would have indicated something completely different. So something somewhere had to change in him. Something, a mindset, something had to change to make him honorable, Correct. What is it about the 911 names that came in the first part of 1 Chronicles? All these names, no one cares. They're just kind of like he begats he and she begats him and blah, 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 blah. I don't know if a he can begat anything, but, you know, you get the point. He basically was amongst all these names, but something stood out about this guy. Something stood out about it. I'm going to challenge you that he took that negative life commandment, God turned it up upside down, and he used it immortalized him in scripture to the glory of Jesus. He can do that for you. God says he will use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Let me tell you how much rejection I used to walk in. Now, I tell you some of those stories, but I would be so fearful in high school sometimes that people were talking about me. I would go completely out of character to try to micromanage what they I would do things. If I knew that you didn't like me, I would suck up to you. I would find any, I would find, I would ask 15 people to make sure that I could find a way to please you. You know how exhausting that can be? It's just exhausting talking about it. This was my life. The word bouncing off the walls has always plagued me my whole life. My whole life, rejection and this and that, blah, blah, blah. You know what I learned is I can choose to get back into that at any time, at any place, when I believe the lie. Because the lie is, is that I, the lie is, is that you're not calm, you're not peaceful, you, nobody likes you, you're not a leader. Anybody ever heard these voices before? You suck, you're terrible. I heard these things all my life, and I began to to process, and it got in my spirit. Here's what I'm saying about Jabez. Let's bring it back full circle. He was honorable. How did he achieve that honor? Let's go back to this. Jabez called on the God of Israel. He didn't call on the God of Samaria. He didn't call on the God of the Hittites. He didn't call on the God of the Hivites. He called on the one true God. He didn't call on Anthony Robbins, but the best self-help gurus. He didn't call on uh, Yoga Maharashi, whatever, he, she. He called on the God of Israel. I'm really working it today with the lips. I, I'm just all in a kerfuffle with the names that I'm coming up with today. <laughs> what, 
what do I want you to do? I want you to enlarge your territory. But in order to do that, here's, here's foundational principle number one. You've got to get this. In order to enlarge your territory, you have got to get rid of the negative life commandments over your life. For example, let me read some that I guarantee you some of you are buying into. Negative life commandment number one, I will always be broke. I am a people pleaser. I let people down. I can't commit to doing anything. My past will always haunt me. I'm inconsistent. I'm forgetful. I'm lazy. I'm bouncing off the walls. I'm rejectable. I'm fearful. I don't deserve to be healed. Who does then, by the way? I'm cursed and I'm a failure. Isn't that just depressing? And yet, many of you walked in here today and you're repeating those things over and over and over again. You may not say them audibly, but they're in your brain. And what God's saying is, you need to see yourself as honorable and justified by the blood of Jesus. You're justified by his grace. Everything can change just like that because the blessing of Jesus broke the curse. Watch this. Here's what you should be saying. I'm empowered. I'm a God pleaser. I encourage people. I'm faithful. My past does not define me. I'm consistent. I'm mindful, energetic, purpose-filled, spirit-driven, accepted, faith-filled. I deserve to be healed. I am successful. I'm going to ask you to say, I am successful. And some of you are going to cringe when you say it, but I want you to say it right now. I am successful. You egomaniacs, come on. You need to be more humble. Ever heard that one before too? You know how insidious the enemy is? He'll just deposit these little untruths into your life. It's awful. So Jabez, something happened in him. Something, something happened. Now here's the next part I want you to, to check into, okay? Here's the next part. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Do you know what Jabez was asking for? God, will you prosper me? Lord, will you bless me? Lord, will you financially help me? Oh, here we go again. Preacher's going to talk about how God wants to bless me, and oh, he's one of those guys. And God said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He's talking to the God of Israel. He's realizing if he needs to enlarge his borders, he needs a little something. In that culture, it was perfectly appropriate. And they, in fact, they, 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 it's appropriate in this culture. Because here's what you have to understand. God wants to bless you to be a blessing. Now I'm going to speak right to something that will challenge today's modern-day materialistic thinking. If it's about building your kingdom, why does God have to be funding your kingdom? Here's the problem, though. Sometimes we don't think we're building our kingdoms. We think we're building his kingdom. But the reality is, is that God will speak to you about whether you are building your kingdom or you're building his kingdom. And he will create circumstances in your life so that you will not cause pain. But you will be a blessing to others. If you put the materialism first, you are not blessed. I want to be very clear about that. 
money does not equate blessing. In the Hebrew culture, they thought that. But the reality is, is that many a king was cursed. And they had a lot of money. If you read the Old Testament. Here's the bottom line. Here's what I want you to get. These negative life commandments that you have will thwart the plan of God to bring the blessing. If you want to have the blessing, see, when we have Christ, we are blessed. How many of you know that? When you have the, the God of the universe in you, you're already blessed. So how do I tap into what he wants for me? Think of grace as a pipeline. You tap into it. The provision's there, but you've got to tap in. How do I do that? How do I do that? Oh, that you would bless me indeed. It is perfectly okay to ask God to bless you financially, relationally, spiritually, emotionally, relationally with people. And if you're not, I would challenge you, you're not enlarging your territory. And here's the reason. God wants you to engage your territory. He wants you to believe bigger. He wants you to believe for more. He wants you to believe for anything that God puts on your brain to do. And there's an order to do that. The first step in that is erasing the negative life commandments. And knowing, say, I'm honorable. Well, I don't feel honorable. It's you are if you have Christ. Enlarge your territory. So when we fund his kingdom, what, what God, what, he, what really Jabez is asking is, he's saying, Lord, I want measure of increase. I want influence in my community. I want to make a difference. I want to have, uh, I want to tell these people that I'm not going to cause them pain, but I'm going to be a blessing. I want you to reverse the curse over my life. It says God did. He answered his prayer. Here's a, here's a key point. Have you asked God to enlarge your financial borders to have more financial resource in 2012? Have you simply asked him for more to give? Wow, that's deep. That's theological. But here's the motive. Is it to fund movies, exotic trips, What's the purpose? See, I can't answer that question for you. And, and the Bible says that I'm not, to, I'm not to judge you, but the Bible says I need to look inward at me and determine whose kingdom I'm trying to establish here. And if I'm all about building leisure and comfort for me, and it's all about me, God is not obligated to fund that. In fact, what I've found that the Lord has done for me is he has stripped away and pruned away the things that are a little piggy and a little selfish, little by little, in order to position me so that he'll bless me indeed for the right motives. Isaiah 54 says this, Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. At this time, Israel, at this time, Israel, uh, Isaiah is saying, the Messiah is coming, chapter 53, the suffering servant, he's coming, deliverance is coming, okay? Now we move to, chapter 54. It's talking about barrenness. Barrenness in Israel. Barrenness. Uh, Verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations. Sounds good to me. I like that. Not a lot of amens on that. He was talking about barrenness. See, here, here's the thing. Where are you bare? Where are you bare? Where is that area of your life that you're bare? 
Where do you need God to bless you indeed, extravagantly? Where are you bare? Let me, let me, write, let me give you a few of these. Your friendships. Now, let's, let's take an inventory. Are you bare in your friendships? The Bible says, he who refreshes others, they themselves will be refreshed. If you're bare in your friendships, you need to expand your territory. How do I expand my territory? You call upon the God of Israel and you ask, God, would you expand my territory? Yes. Some of you are scared to death about sharing Christ with anybody. Here's a revelation. So am I. What? Yeah, truth is, uh, and I asked Pastor Arnie, uh, Jan's here today, but I asked him, every time you share Christ, I mean, you're like this, you know, you're amazing. How do you, do you ever feel fear every time? Really? Wow. But see, Arnie, he asked God to enlarge his territory. I'll tell you what, look at the fruit of that man's life. Well, that's Arnie. No, that's you. The negative life commandment says that's Arnie. The positive life commandment says that's you. What? The same God who anointed Jesus and raised him from the dead is the same God that can help you. If you are a person that is not friendly, God can make you friendly just like that. Where are you bare? Arise. Where are you bare? Uh, A practical example of asking God for increase, last year. My wife was just telling me the other day, you know, last year we, we, did, we stretched our tents in the financial arena into this building, our personal investment, that's just Hope and I. Uh, we put down a faith commitment last year, and one of the things was, let me make sure I get the timing right, you were believing for this year to get a house, correct? Well, God uh, worked it out. We actually bought Arnie and Jan's house. You know, supernaturally, we've seen our dollars. God, it's amazing. It doesn't mean that we go on extravagant spending, but you know, you prune areas out that are destructive, and all of a sudden, God brings dollars in that are productive, and you grow. And then God puts his super on your natural. You getting this? By the way, we're tithers. This was an offering above our tithe. And it doesn't matter the amount. It was a lot for us. And in fact, I would say, percentage-wise, that was the, the most we'd ever given in a percentage based on our income in the history of our existence. And when we were talking about the number of that, I had a number in mind, and Hope said double, and I went, <coughs> double? Guess who won the battle, you know? But when God speaks to you about something, do you understand that he, he wants to bless you indeed? Do you understand that? I want to enlarge the tents of this church. That's why in Arise and Build, we cast vision for the next year from Easter to Easter. It's why we, we say, okay, this Easter we saw this many people, close to 500 people. That tells me that we have to prepare and enlarge our tents for next Easter. Because we'll be averaging that next Easter. Yeah? Now, in the natural, in the natural, I could say, well, there's one, two, three, four, five. Uh, there's about 20 seats that aren't filled in here and in the natural. But you know, every year as I've followed God, do you realize every Easter after every Easter, what we averaged Easter, the next Easter, we were averaging from the previous Easter? I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith that I call these these seats filled and the three other services that we're going to fill in this building. And your brain will always lie to you because the life commandment is nobody will come, Ryan. Nobody cares anything about what you have to say. And here's the truth. That's true, but they do care about what God has to say through me. They don't give a care about what you have to say. They do care about what you have to say about this. And they'll come. 
I don't care how I feel. It's not about how I feel. It's about what God said, and it's settled. Do something tangible. Give him your natural. He'll give you his super. Your territory. Here's your territory. Your home, your property, your family, your neighbors, your friends, your church, your work. It is going beyond your limits and asking God to do what only he can do. If you are not asking God for big things in your finances, big things in your relations, big things in your emotions, I'm telling you, he can create an earthquake around you if you ask him for it, for your benefit. He can shake things up just like that. You know, I, go through the Bible. All throughout it, you'll see those and suddenly, and suddenly God, and then suddenly God did this, and suddenly God did that. Do you know that most of those then suddenlies, they happen just like that, but a lot of times they were, they were prepared for in advance. Uh, many of you and I in the trenches day and night praying, trying to get through the getting through when the pressure's on and the lie is coming at you and you're saying, I don't believe it. Your brain's thinking that, but your actions are going contrary to the way you think. It's like, wow, I'm believing for this. I'm going to put my actions to it. I'm not seeing it, but I'm believing it. And faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things unseen. What is it in your life? Where are you bare? Where do you need to enlarge your territories? And where is that cotton-picking lie, that negative life commandment, speaking to you, telling you you can't? Who says? And it comes down to, for some of you, my big wound was people talking about me, rejection, this and that. It's funny that God put me up here to be a preacher. Everybody talks about you. And it's not always positive. And if I went around today trying to micromanage, you know, he said this, and I didn't like that, and You want to be free. You cannot allow the negative life commandments over your life to keep you from thwarting and taking more ground. You need to take more ground. Where are you in lack? Where are you impoverished? Where are you barren? And enlarge the place of your borders. Somebody give me an amen. The third part of that expanding territory, that, Lord, your hand would be with me. Jabez said that your hand would be with me. We talked about that earlier. The hand of God will move on your behalf. When you line up with his kingdom purpose and you begin to take measurable steps, uh, everywhere I see in the Bible, Peter took a step and he started walking on water. Every place begins. You can't just think about doing it. You have to jump in. Well, I'm thinking about, no, jump in. It's not making a decision. It's decide. Oh, I'm going to make a decision to. No, you're going to decide to do. You are or you aren't. I am going to take more ground. I'm not going to take more for ground. The point is, is that whose message, whose report will you believe? This report? The news report? Your friend's report? Choose today who you will believe. Only what God can do in your life. And here's the third part, fourth part. Keep me from evil so that I don't cause pain. It bugs me when I unintentionally hurt people. You know what I'm saying? When I say something I didn't mean or it was taken out of context, and you have to go back and you're like, gosh, I really didn't mean it that way. I didn't mean to say it that way. And people get offended. I, I don't want to unintentionally harm anybody. I, I don't want to harm anybody. But I, I will say, in the course of your life, when you're taking ground, when you're taking territory, here's what you will do. You will offend people. 
the negative life commandment over some of you today, I know this. You're so busy bowing to what someone else defines you and names you, you are paralyzed. You may be prosperous in one area, but when it comes to this, you're paralyzed. You're owned. Pain. You, you feel like, gosh, I can't break free of this. I, 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 I can't get over this. But you can. You see, Jesus offended people. He called the Pharisees a brood of vipers. I mean, that's pretty bold. You brood of vipers. <laughs> well, preacher's kind of tough today. Well, but he, he always spoke it. He was not interested in what people thought about him. What he was interested in was loving them and getting them in a relationship with him. That's what he cared about. Over and over and over again in the scripture, does this offend you? Does this offend you? Does this offend you? You will offend people, and there will be people on assignment in your life. I promise you this. They will do everything in their power to suck you dry of your peace, trying to please them. I want to say that's a negative life commandment over your life. You need to get this today. You cannot allow other people to determine your peace. That's God's job, not, your, not their job. You do not live based on other people's expectations. You live on your father's expectations. You live on what he says about you, not what others say about you. I'm not saying that you can't take constructive pruning and criticism. Uh, I, I'll tell you, in most cases in my life, where I've grown the most, I've had those wounding, harmful, toxic bombs that come at me. And even through the ashes and I'm on the floor, I can parse through that. And you know what? God can actually speak to me a nugget of truth even when someone's vomiting all over me. Because what they said and how they say it could be two totally different things. Well, you're blah, 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 blah. You know what I do with that now because I've learned how to deal with the the wound more? Is I listen to what they're trying to say and realize that it's not them saying it, it's a spirit behind it saying that. It is not, we don't fight flesh and blood. This is a This is a spiritual battle, and it's designed to put you on the floor and to be paralyzed so that you don't enlarge your territory. If you're not asking for more, you will get less. In fact, that's so profound, I'm going to say that again. If you're not asking God for more, you will get less. You will never stay the same. You're either taking ground or you're losing it. When you ask for more territory... We don't want to do it at the expense of others. We don't go through our jobs and say, well, you know, I'm going to lie my way to the top. I'm going to uh, backstab, and I'm going to do end arounds, and I'm going to work around authority. No, that's not, that's not how you get to the top. Because what happens is you can get to the top of the corporate ladder doing that, and you are on empty inside, and you will blow up everything else around you in the process. We see this all the time. There are no shortcuts with God. When you ask God to take ground, the last part, and this is the part... Jabez was smart. He asked this. He said, I need your protection. Keep me from evil. I need your protection. And God answered his request. There is a symbiotic connection to overcoming your past life commandments, his blessing, the increase that comes with it, his hand on it, and our protection from evil. Some of you probably, if you're honest, have had those moments in your life that was birthed in pain, 
like Jabez, your name, like his name, there are moments, there are wounds. Somewhere along life's road, could be when you were a child, could be now, could be another church, a pastor, whatever. I promise you, it's not if, it's when the attack comes. As you begin to take more ground and you ask God and you start operating that, here's what I know. When you do that, the spiritual attacks on that are ridiculous. You need the hand of God to move on your behalf to come in like an atomic bomb and clear out the clutter so that you can fulfill your assignment. God's power is explosive. It does things. It takes a shy, uh, insecure, bouncing off the walls little kid who will get up here and tell you and not apologize for the word of God. And that's true love because what I found is This is so in me. God took all of my deepest wounds, and he gave me a big mouth, and I use it now for his glory, or try to. Occasionally, I insert it, my foot. This this book, this, this prayer of Jabez, I would love to interview the 20 million people that read this book or bought this book. Probably countless more probably read it. Here's the part where our culture grabbed onto that. They said, oh, yeah, I just say this little prayer and everything happens. How many know that's not true? It's not name it, claim it. It's a lifestyle. It's saying, thank you, God. I'm going to take more ground. I'm going to walk out of here today, and I'm going to ask for five people to pray with for Christ in the next two weeks. Many of you will not ask that prayer. The thought of it go, oh. And in my quiet moments this week, because because God's no respecter of persons, (laughs) he hit me with that. He said, when was the last time you asked for that? Uh, (laughs) It's been a while. I'm talking creative opportunities. You know, you come to this church, you understand we believe in healing, we believe in people getting set free, and and, and, and we, we believe in all that. But we don't need to come to church on Sundays to get healed. You, we don't need, you have the power. You have people, your sphere of influence, people that you know, you can pray over them. They can get healed outside of church. You don't need to come here. It's good to come here. It's good to get built up. But here's what God is saying to the church of Jesus Christ in Green Bay, in De Pere, and at Life Church. I want to raise up an army of people that will let go of their past. They are not what the enemy says they are. They will believe who I say they are. They will do what I ask them to do. They will enlarge their territory. They will be blessed, and the whole city will notice. Wow. And here's the beauty of it. You and I can't do it without God, and it's too big. The vision to take the city is too big. It's too large. There's too much money that needs to be happening. Lord, how can we do that? It's too big. That's right where he wants us to be uncomfortable, that, that tension between anxiety and faith. You know what I'm talking about? You're stretched so far, you're like, Ugh. I'm sure Jesus, I'm sure Peter felt that when he was walking on the water. You know, he's like, Ugh. man, you just come alive, though. You know, you just, you have that, that spring in your step. I can tell you when the enemy has hit me like a flood and I've just felt paralyzed like that, 
right after that or right before that, I've seen God do some of the most amazing mountaintop experiences of my life. But the, you know what? You've got to remember this. God is in your valleys too. He's on the mountains and he's in the valleys. He's with you and he will never leave you. With heads bowed, eyes closed, I want you to ask God to enlarge your territory, to arise and build And I want you to ask him to bless you. I want you, without fear or hesitation, I want him, I want you to ask him to bless your business. I want him, I want you to ask him to speak life to the dead relationships. I want you to ask him to extravagantly, abundantly, lovingly flood you with blessing after blessing after blessing. The things that, that you need to be believing God for and in, in that arise and build thing where we said your faith commitment, this is your challenge. You come back next week, you bring that, you fill out that faith commitment, you come back next week, you put your prayer in that, in that plate. I will personally pray over every single one of those and I will stand in agreement with every single one of those. But I've got to get rid of the, the negative life commandments have got to go. You've got to get rid of all of them. You cannot be afraid anymore. We are not called to perfection. We're called to live a life with Christ. We are called to live a life with power. And he will take care of this stuff. So next week, I want you to, I want you to be thinking, as the Holy Spirit's dealing with you right now, what can I believe God for? Because if we're not taking ground, we're losing ground. With heads bowed, eyes closed, I want to ask you these questions. Where is your territory small? Because here's what I found. Where you are weakest, he is strongest. He will upset the established order. That order that's not good, he can upset it just like that. Where are you barren? Where are you barren right now? Where are you? What are you believing God for? And, and also, what is the negative life commandments that you know? I mean, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's dealing with you right now. You say, Ryan, I'm at a crossroads right now. I have been living, honestly, after you explain this today, I have been honestly living, truthfully, truthfully. And for those of you that have been free of this, I don't want you to stand. For those of you that, for the most part, you're, you're free of this particular bondage. You're free of this particular bondage, but... I'm asking for those of you who really know it, it relates to that, that people-pleasing, deep-wounded rejection. The Holy Spirit's really talking to you about this. Rejection is a major issue in my life. I want you to stand right now. Heads bowed, eyes closed. The rest of you stand. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, that word curse, I declare it null and void. I cancel it over every person who's, in fact, the ones that have been free of it. I thank you for your hedge of protection over this. But for the ones right now, Lord, the power of God hit them right now. Hit them right now. They are free of it, broken of it. Now, in Jesus' name, completely gone. They will operate based on their Christ identity, not what others say about them. Completely free in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Here's the next one. I want you to stand if you honestly have been so defeated by life circumstances in the moment that you honestly can't see the forest through the trees. The thought of expanding your territory scares you immensely. You're like, well, I can't see it. I, I, you don't have to see it. 
But if you, if, if you are paralyzed, and I use the word paralyzed, by even the thought of expanding your territories in the areas I described, I want you to stand right now. Right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, in Jesus' name, I declare null and void that word curse over their life. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of sound mind. I command that spirit to go in Jesus' name. And I loose the peace of God over each and every one. Take it now, Lord. Take it in Jesus' name. Father, I, I lift up our people in here today. As, you, as they are bombarded with financial markets and highs and lows and elections and businesses coming and going and, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, I want them to remember right now who you are. Lord, strip us of selfishness. Get us repositioned to take the city, to enlarge our territory, to witness for Christ, to be what you've called us to be and to touch this generation. Lord, culture does not define us. You do. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless. We'll see you next week.